Cole, what's new? Uh, you know, not much. Just, uh, oh yeah, I got a walk finally. A what? I bought a walk finally. Oh, W-O-K. Yes, yes, yes. yes nice. Yes. How's that walking out? <laughs> <laughs> nice pun. Very nice pun. Bonjour, hello. Welcome to Native Lights Bidapi. I'm your host, Leah Lem. And I'm your other host, Cole Primo. This is the podcast where we connect with the Native community here in Minnesota during the COVID-19 pandemic, providing connection in these physical distancing times. And today we have the joy of speaking to Anthony Stately, who is the CEO of the Native American Community Clinic in South Minneapolis. All right. And here he is. Hey, Leah. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Yay. <laughs> I'm here we met in person, although I feel like I know you. No, I think we've like orbited one another. <laughs> so I guess let's just get into it. Could you first just introduce yourself, your tribe, your position? Yeah, um, my name is Anthony Stately. I am enrolled in the Oneida tribe of Wisconsin. But I was raised Ojibwe by my mother, who was from White Earth, and my father, who was from Red Lake. And I'm the CEO of the Native American Community Clinic. Nice. And before we get into, you know, all the work that NACC is doing, could you just tell us how you're doing, how your family is doing during this pandemic? I know you have two kids. Like, how are they faring? I think the kids are having a great time avoiding, like, you know, online education. <laughs> Fortnite? Yeah, most of it is Fortnite. You know. My son said to me the other day, like, so I was said to him at one point, and I said, you know, there's a good chance that the clinic could close if, like, we don't figure some things out. And this is pandemic is going to really... The economy's like, well, I'll become a Fortnite millionaire or billionaire. He goes, and I'll take good care of you. It's like, good to have dreams, right? <laughs> nice to know that I have a plan I can fall back That's on. That's great. <laughs> there you go. Esports star. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's going well. You know, we get a little bit stir crazy. Like, I know, at least for our family, I'm constantly like trying to remember to be super grateful. We're up north, right? So we have a bit of land, but just remembering why we're isolating, why we're keeping distance and why we're doing this podcast is because people are getting sick and people are dying and just really trying to keep that in mind. Um, is there anything that you've really come to realize in your time at home? Yeah. I mean, this little pandemic that we have has really sort of kind of thrown a wrench in a lot of the personal and professional plans that I've had, you know, over, over the next several weeks to months. Um, my children's family have a, a family Sundance that they have every year back in South Dakota, where my children are from. And we were making plans to, you know, go back and spend time with them. We had all these plans that we were going to go to spend time with other relatives at the places. And of course, you know, clearly those things have to change. You, you just kind of like begin to think through like, how oh, um, you take for granted that you'd always get to see, um, you know, certain folks, you know, and spend time with them. And it just shifts and changes after like a week, two, three, four weeks of not being able to spend time with them. Uh, the other thing that's a really big shift for me is like by nature, I think I'm a, like, I'm a very like lovey and huggy with my family and I'm lovey and huggy with practically anybody that I, that I have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so that's been a real challenge to sort of kind of adapt that behavior. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's uniquely one of the ways in which I express like my, you know, my love, my affection, my support. Okay, so Knack, um, how has it responded to the pandemic and how has your role as a CEO shifted? 
Gosh. Uh, so it feels like, you know, it's, it's hard to imagine that it's only been like, you know, what, three or four weeks since the shelter and shelter in place order, but things have rapidly changed very quickly. Like almost immediately after the shelter in place order on March 11th, uh, on March 13th, we made the decision to sort of like close our dental operations and furlough all of our dental staff um, until further notice because there was just no physically, there was no reasonable way to sort of manage those um, services in any way, shape or form. It was hard for me to make that decision as the CEO, knowing that all of our resources thrown behind this COVID-19 response means we have less resources to pay attention to oral health, diabetes, all of these other things that we know have been, we have had so much um, higher rates of disparity. We can't go four, five, six, nine months um, not paying attention to chronic diseases um, that are also equally as fatal. Um, to our community. I, I looked on Facebook and I saw that you wrote recently that the community that NAC serves is likely not fare too well in this storm due to the health outcomes of urban natives and resources going to larger health systems. Like, what resources are you like pulling from to like get those funds? Well, as we begin to see like the majority of the resources for a national um, response going to large health systems and not community health systems, smaller clinics that serve like uninsured or are providing services in communities on the front line are not benefiting from those things. We put in an order for masks the first week of March and it took us, you know, upwards of four weeks to get, you know, a handful of masks. Um, The community has been great. People have done things like sewn masks for us and dropped them off, right? They've done all kinds of other things. I think that's a, the amazing thing about our community is that they step in and they and they support when they need to. But the challenge has been we absolutely need to figure out how to break down the barriers so that community health centers and the smaller health operations that people in the community trust and want to go to for those services um, have the tools and the capacity to be able to do those things. Anybody and everybody who's who's willing to listen to me talk, I. I scream as loud as I possibly can. How is telehealth working? Like, are people signing up for it? And Yeah, um, surprisingly, we, we've had a good response. Like, people have sort of kind of taken to it. Okay. I think it's working okay. And I don't know that it necessarily long-term is going to be a solution for supporting our community. Our community, I think, seems to have the really critical need to do things like gather and be in social space with each other. I think they prefer to sort of see each other face to face. I think there's so much that happens in that interaction that is really hard to duplicate in a transactional sort of process that happens through a telehealth portal, right? So as we kind of wrap up here, I was curious, what do you say to those, you know, worried about their healthcare options in the urban native community right now? Um, What I would say to them is, you know, Follow the guidelines that the governor and the health department have kind of recommended to us. Practice social distancing as best we can. Like your granny said, wash your hands. I think I saw you putting on some hand sanitizer earlier, right? That was actually hand lotion because my hands oh. are ripped apart and like washing all everything I have in bleach water. So my dishes get washed in bleach and everything. Oh, I see. Um, call us and ask us. You know, both about the COVID symptoms, but also talk to us about your diabetes and your depression and your 
and your hypertension and your this and your that, things that you may have put on the back burner because you were afraid to leave your house. Um, so next new message is, yes, stay at home unless you need some help. Reach out, call us, talk to us. Um, reach out to us through this device like this. Um, and let us be a partner in your in your healthcare and and help you manage that so that you stay healthy and your family stays healthy and the community stays strong and healthy as well. Mm. Nice. Um, I was curious about your food posts that you had to do on Facebook. I saw one today where you made a really nice looking wild rice dish. Yeah, yeah. So could you just tell me about some you know food you know recipes that you've done that you've enjoyed? So, you know, because I haven't been able to go and get like sweet potato hash from Ben and his crew. We were just talking to Benjamin Shendo, who said that you have a favorite dish at the Gatherings Cafe. <laughs> you probably would have told you like I'm a regular. People are always laughing at me because I'm there like several times a week. <laughs> and my sweet potato hash comes nowhere near their sweet potato hash. So I'm just going to be honest about that. But I do go through these things where like where I finally just say like I have to have some thing of my normal life back right so um i made my own sweet potato hash this morning i had no buffalo so i had to use a little piece of leftover steak that i had from the other day and um i threw some wild rice in there and some other stuff i don't typically eat like that anymore because i'm not nearly as talented in the kitchen as a lot of other people, including my sister, who, whose house I'm at today and who I usually come to when um, I want some really good food because she's an amazing cook. But also my kids are not adventurous eaters. Like I'll cook that type of meal and they'll be like, eh, I just want, you know, a, a bowl of Cheerios or something like that. So I don't, I don't invest in the time to do that as much as I probably would like to um, just because I'm busy and but today was one of the days where I was like sun is shining it's beautiful I'm awake seems like a good day to have some sweet potato hash with wild rice so, mm -hmm. and then I threw in some kiwi in there for like Maori relatives I was on a call the other day or watching a webinar with them about indigenous knowledge and health and um, how to survive COVID-19 so it's like oh I'll pay homage to my um, my Maori relatives by eating some a fresh piece of kiwi love it Awesome. So kiwis recommended? Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> I'm not that kind of doctor. I can't tell you what's in it. More importantly, wild rice is the food of Ojibwe people. It's our ancestral food. So. Oh, yeah. So delicious. Very good. Very good. Exactly. <laughs> so one last question. Um, through all of this, you know, all the changes that we're making, adjustments, uh, innovations like at NAC, um, is there a big hope, a big hope that you have for the future? Yeah, you know, um, I think it's times like now, these kinds of experiences that really test our mettle, that test who we are, that um, ask us to do things like to lean hard on, on our original instructions as a, uh, Indigenous people, to remember the why Creator put us on the earth, to remember that we are fundamentally here to support one another and celebrate each other um, to work together and take care of one another in times of adversity like now um, to remember to sort of like reflect on and look forward to times of abundance when we can be together and share and celebrate and that's really important as well just sort of kind of hold on to that memory you know so maybe we can't have sundance this summer but we probably could have it next year can't get together this summer and have powwows galore where we could eat really great food and you know watch everybody dance together close together um, 
and those kinds of things. Maybe that will be different this year, but we can look forward to that next year or the year after. And I, I tell my children all of the time, and I try to remind myself of this daily as well as to just, is to trust that creator has a plan, right? It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your perspective today and taking the time out of your day to talk with us. Well, thank you. I'm deeply honored to be invited. Always good to see the two of you. Likewise. Bye. Thank you. On April 20th, Anthony Stately announced that NAC will fully transition to telehealth after a staff member at the clinic tested positive for COVID-19. Thanks for listening to Native Lights. If you like what you hear on Native Lights, please subscribe to our feed in your podcast app. That way we can publish new episodes that are delivered right to your app. Native Lights Bidapi is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers, and made possible by funding from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. And before you go, if you have someone in mind who would be great to catch up with on Native Lights Bidapi, send us an email at nativelights at ampers.org. You can also reach us on our Minnesota Native News Facebook page or now on our Minnesota Native News Instagram page. Giga Wobberman. Giga Wobberman.